0: Canine Cast number 30. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello, everyone. This is Walter. Just a quick recap of the last show, Canine Cast number 29, in case you missed it. We talked about the new canine flu and what you need to know. Plus, a touching story from a listener about adopting her dogs, information on Panis, a dog eye disease. And helpful tips on how to give your dog a bath. Thanks, Walter. And now, to start our show tonight, we recently received a voicemail from our listener, Mark, referencing something from one of our earlier shows, Canine Cast Number 25, where we talked about dog toys. In that show, we had talked about giving dogs marrow bones, and we had brought up that they needed to be sterilized. Mark sent us a tip on how to sterilize those bones.
1: Good morning, K9Cast with Tara and Walter. This is Mark, a.k.a. Oblivion. Um, I just listened to show 25 and had a comment about the uh, the treats thing. Uh, we give Martini, our Labrador, uh, beef marrow bones, which you mentioned uh, are the bones that you get from, from the butcher shop. Uh, and you mentioned how important it is that they're sterilized, et cetera. Uh, what I wanted to share was uh, how we go about doing that. We get the beef marrow bones uh, from... Local grocery stores around here are usually cut into three or three to sometimes as long as six-inch lengths. And if they aren't in that area, you can actually request them from the butcher to cut them a, a different length because they'll have the, the, the full-size bones and they can cut them down usually. Um, so we usually get uh, one or two packages of those. They're usually doubled up, uh, two in each. And my mom, when she started doing this years ago, she actually used to get them for free, but now, of course, they charge you a couple bucks for them because they figured out, hey, something else to sell. So what we do with them is uh, we'll take one out of the package, we'll freeze the other one, and the one that, we, that we're going to give the martini, uh, put it in a pot of water so that it's covered, uh, put in a couple dashes of garlic salt, um, just for a little bit of extra flavor, um, and it also helps to, actually when you're cooking it, it kind of helps to mask the smell of just the, the marrow bone. Bones aren't exactly the best smelling things to cook, but it's not awful, and the, the garlic help cover, helps cover that a little bit. Um, and what you're going to do is you're going to boil it. Uh, you're going to start with cold water, cover it, boil it, let it boil for five to seven minutes, and then shut it off and let it sit in the hot water till it cools. And it's kind of like making a hard-boiled egg. And what that will do is it will make sure that the, everything is cooked thoroughly, um, but then you give it a chance to cool down, and, and you do want to make sure that it's not too hot when you give it to the dog. The other thing I'll mention is that uh, when you do give it to your dog, um, you're going to want to probably confine them to a crate, or make sure that they you know that they're outside, or that they're on a bed that can get messy because the uh, the marrow bones are pretty greasy, and uh, when, especially when they get that clump of marrow out from the inside, which they love, even though it looks disgusting. But uh, thanks for the good shows, guys,
0: and thank you, Mark, for the tips especially that last one about it being greasy and maybe confining your dog. That's a really good call. So if you haven't tried those yet, then that's a great way to get your dog started with marrow bones. It's a treat that they really, really enjoy and that we highly recommend. Next, we have some questions from our listeners. Our first one is from Olivia, who writes, I was hoping maybe you could help me. My best friend has a German Shepherd that constantly licks her back paws. She looks them so much, they are constantly open sores and swollen. It's almost like a manic thing. They have tried everything. Wrapping the paws, using the lampshade on her head, antibiotics, everything. Do you know of any good ideas they can try? My friend has kind of given up, but I can't stand to see the dog with sore paws. Any help would be appreciated. Well, this sounds to me like it's probably a classic case of lit granuloma. Now, I'm not a vet, so just to put that disclaimer out there for you, um, and I highly, highly do recommend um, for, for anybody with um, a dog health problem, but also, of course, in this case, that the first thing that happens is that the dog goes to a vet. It seems like, um, Olivia, like your friend already did take the dog to the vet because you mentioned that um, they'd already tried antibiotics, so um, so that's something that's probably been done, but of course, that's always the very first step that you want to take. Now, um, a lick granuloma, for anybody who's not familiar with it, is kind of what um, Olivia was describing. And what happens is the dogs will actually lick themselves to the point where they start creating sores on their, on their bodies wherever they're licking. That can happen for a number of reasons. There are also, of course, a number of treatments to go along with that, but it's still kind of a tough thing to treat. And part of the reason why there are so many treatments is because no one treatment is necessarily always successful. But there are a number of things that you can try. Um, One of the the first things that I think of when I think of any type of of a licking disorder, whether it becomes a sore or whether a dog is just licking itself a bit, is allergies. The reason why is because our Toby actually was licking his paws at one point to where they they didn't quite open up into sores, but they did get pink, and he was kind of wearing away the hair and just constantly worrying his paws. Um, Now, in this case, it was his front paws, but other than that, it sounds very familiar. Well, when we brought him to the vet, she said that it looked like he probably had some allergies, and she actually had us give him... An antihistamine. Now, I would I would never ever recommend that you do that without checking with your vet at all, and see if the vet thinks that it's a good idea. Um, In Toby's case, it actually didn't really do much for him, and what we ended up doing was a little while after that we changed his food for a totally different reason. However, when I was looking for new food for him anyway, I decided to look for ones that would be good for dogs with allergies. The one that we that we actually decided on was California natural chicken and rice, and that one's that one's great for him. The reason why we decided on it was because it was supposed to be good for allergies, and now he doesn't really have a problem anymore. He does still lick his front paws, a, probably a little bit more than most dogs do, but it's not it's not too much more, and he doesn't have any more um, pink or any more hair loss. So there, so there's an idea, right? right there that your friend could go ahead and take a look at the food that she's feeding her dog and see if she can transfer her dog over to trying some foods that are good for allergy sufferers. Now, another thing that you can try so far as going down the allergy road is to meet with a veterinary allergist. They can actually do allergy testing similar to what they do on humans, and if your dog is positive for allergy testing, then they can actually give them allergy shots. Now to continue with trying to figure out if it's allergies and treating that, veterinary dermatologists can do allergy testing uh, similar to what an allergist would do on a human where they actually do um, they actually do skin testing and then if there is a reaction then they can do allergy shots to help the dog get over these allergies. So that's another option as well. These granulomas can also happen because the dog was injured. And if it's on its paws, it may not necessarily be something that that you would see or would show right away. Like, for example, if a dog had stepped on a sand spur, the sand spur may be gone. But while it was there, the dog started licking and now... The, the foot is annoyed because of all of the licking. Uh, now these can happen, of course, due to many other things as well. One is there can be underlying bone infections. So that's, again, why it's very, very important to go to the vet and find out from the vet why this is going on. What you want to do is you want to make sure that there is no physical cause before you give up on trying to fix it because there could be something that's kind of tricky to diagnose and a bone infection would be would be that but it also could be um, bacterial skin infection it could be a parasite there's just a number of physical causes so you want to make sure that the dog goes to the vet so those are all ruled out before you move before you move on past that now of course if they do find any physical problems then there are a number of treatments that they can use for those depending on what the actual problem is if it is not a physical problem, then it could possibly be simply due to stress or boredom. Um, some dogs will ju- will start licking themselves for those reasons, and then what you'll want to do is to help alleviate those problems. So, and and when I say stress or boredom, a dog that is that is kept fairly busy and should doesn't really have any reason to be anxious, still can show those signs and feel those feelings. So. What you so? What you would want to do is just do different things to enrich the dog's environment. The use of Kong toys are great. Um, those are those are a hard rubber toy that the dog can chew and chew and chew on, and they're difficult to destroy. So that's that's one good thing. You can actually fill them with all kinds of treats and food for the dog to have to dig out. Now, the part of this that's going to help to relieve stress and boredom is going to be that digging digging the food out, getting the food out of there. It kind of lets the dog go on a hunt. The dog gets to use their, m- their mind, so it's that mental stimulation, as well as actually you know, physically using their body to get that out. So that's something that's great for them. Another good thing is the Buster Cube which is basically a, a square toy that, they can, that you put treats inside, and they can move that around to get the treats out. And there are other toys that are similar, such as um, there are giggle ball, giggle ball toys, um, different things that you can put treats inside of. There are even some toys where there will be a toy inside of another toy. Basically, any type of a toy that's kind of a puzzle that will keep a dog occupied for a little while is great for relieving that stress and that boredom so I would I would highly recommend um, things like that that will kind of enrich the dog's environment a little bit give them something to focus on and something to do and of course you know if if you're not doing this already or in Olivia's case if her friend's not doing this already doing things like um, obedience with the dog and playing with the dog and upping the dog's exercise will help as well so and and like I said you, you can be spending a lot of time with your dog. You can be keeping them, you can keep, keeping them really busy. But with a lot of breeds, especially German Shepherds, they were bred to be out there working all day. So it takes an awful lot of stimulation to really give some of them as much as they need. So that could be part of it too. And even if that's not the original cause of it, being that the dog is having this problem now, Anything to take the dog's mind off the problem so that the dog's not licking it now will help the dog to heal. So I would rec- recommend that regardless of what the problem is as well. Now, it would be a good idea if this continues to, and no physical problem is found to go ahead and consult with a veterinary behaviorist. There are some dogs that do this kind of as an obsessive compulsive disorder thing um they just they just do this and it's not there's no reason for them to be stressed or bored it doesn't seem like that's the problem they just do this anyway that's where a veterinary behaviorist can help you out because first of all they can give you a behavior modification program that's geared specifically towards your dog i mean i can give you some suggestions but Not having seen the dog or met with the dog, I can't really structure a full program for you, whereas the veterinary behaviorist can do that. In addition, um, for some of the dogs, they do benefit from psychological um, medications. So just the the same as humans need those sometimes, sometimes dogs do as well, and a veterinary behaviorist can do that. There are there are a number of things that you can do, and then I mean, if if all of that fails, there are still even even more interventions. So it can it can be difficult, and it can really add up. But you know, as as Olivia pointed out, with this this poor dog is walking around on um on its sore paws, and unfortunately, this is a fairly common problem in dogs. A lot of dogs have this at one time or another, and it's very easy for it to become chronic. So. Um, if you, if you have a dog with this, you know, please don't, don't give up on trying to fix it. It it may take a long time and it may be kind of a frustrating process, but in the, in the long run, you more than likely will be able to find a way if not to completely make it stop, then to at least make it better. And it's really, really important for the dog and for their quality of life. So, um, you know, best of luck, Olivia, with your friend's dog. We hope that, uh, that she's doing a little bit better. And um, and we'll go ahead and get better very, very soon. Okay, our next email is from Cassie, and she writes in, I have recently acquired a five-year-old wonderful German shepherd. She has been fed a natural food diet for all her years, and I want to change her over to dry food. How should I go about this? I know I want to feed her a quality brand, but where do I start? Well, Cassie... The best way to go about it is if you can stick with the natural food diet for long enough to do a gradual transition, that will be easiest on her stomach. Now, dry food for dogs is good. That's that's better than wet food if you're going to switch her diet because that will keep her teeth cleaner. Um, now, of course, in, in all of this, I'm going to assume that your dog doesn't have any any problems with their teeth and doesn't have any other health problems. Because um, what I'm ta- going to be talking about with food will be f- just generally for normal, healthy dogs. Any dogs that do have problems with their teeth, with their health in any other way, it's, o- of course, always best to consult your vet and see what they think and what they recommend for food for you. But um, in general, in order to choose the best food, what you'll want to do is get a premium or super premium food that will have a higher protein level. Um, also, the type of protein is important. You want to avoid byproducts. So you'll actually want to read the label. Like For example, a, a good food will most likely start with a meat product. What that meat product is can vary. Um, Some very common ones are chicken and lamb, but there are other ones out there as well. Now, it's not uncommon to see chicken and chicken meal in there. That's fine, but what you don't want to see is you don't want to see chicken byproducts because that could be um, all kinds of different things that aren't necessarily the chicken meat per se. So that's something that's, that's good for your dog. Now... You want to keep in mind, though, that while in general higher protein diet is better for the dog, for some dogs, um, especially ones that are more energetic, more dominant, just more intense dogs, they will sometimes benefit from a food that's a little bit lower in protein because if they have the high protein performance diet, it may get it may make them hyper or dominant Or what have you, to the point where it becomes difficult for them to live in your home and be able to, kind of, um, you know, display good behaviors and not be too rambunctious, which is tough for you, but is also tough for them if they have all of this energy and nothing to do with it. So, so go ahead and as you're changing your dog over, watch how watch how she reacts and what her behaviors like, and if if her behavior gets much more exuberant then you may want to take down the protein a little bit. However, since she's five years old, I would expect that her behavior will probably stay pretty stable. But that's just something to watch out for. Another thing that you will want to look for is you want to make sure that there are no artificial preservatives in the food. Um, Those just just as for humans, um, they're not necessarily the best thing. Same same for dogs. It's much better if the food doesn't have any preservatives. If it's kind of more natural, if you will. Even though, of course, you know it's it's a dry dog food that's been put together for you. Now, so far as choosing which brand and where to find these, most of the time uh, you won't find these super premium brands in say the supermarket. Um, sometimes it happens, but it's kind of it's kind of more rare. So where I recommend you go are pet supply stores and even uh, if you can find specifically dog supply stores, those normally have a number of different kinds of food for you to choose from. So you can look at the labels and pick the best one according to what's on the labels. And that's also, those are also the ones that are probably just going to have some of the best foods to begin with. Now, of course, you can also go online and look for things like if you, if you type best dry dog food into Google, you'll get a gazillion results of all kinds of different foods that are all proclaiming to be the best. And no doubt that, um, that most of them are probably really, really fabulous. So that's another way that you can kind of check for the content of the food and compare and contrast to find the best one. There's also a magazine called The Whole Dog Journal. Every year, right around February, they put out a top 10 list of the best dog foods that they've found basically from um, the ingredients on the label. So if you go to their website and we'll have that linked in the show notes and we'll also have that on the enhanced podcast for you. You can go to that website and for a small fee you can check out their archives. So I would recommend doing that and that will list um, 10 foods for you that are very good. And it normally there will actually be an article that will list more foods that they found that were also good, but maybe didn't make the list as well. So that would be a great starting point for you in your research. And from there, just go ahead and pick what works for your dog. You, of course, will want a food that the dog likes. So I would recommend whatever you start out with, try to get a small portion of it at first and see if the dog likes it. In my experience... When I've fed dogs this premium food, and not just my dogs, any any dog, any of the strays we've we've picked up, or other other people's dogs have been over and decided to join my dogs in eating, whatever the case may be, it seems that they tend to really really enjoy these premium dog foods, which makes sense because they you know they're meat based. They are normally higher in protein and the type of meat that's in them may be of a better quality too. So for them, it probably smells much better. But we've had situations where my, For example, my sister's dog was with us in our house for a little while. And so we decided to go ahead and switch her from her old food to the food that our dogs were eating just because it made things easier. And she would go through and pick out all of the pieces of the new, the new food, which was a more, um, uh, um, higher premium brand. Um, she would pick out all the pieces of the new food before she would eat her old food. So you can really, really tell when they like it. If your dog, for whatever reason, doesn't like the new food that you've brought home, then I would recommend trying another really good one and just find just find one that works for her and that she seems to enjoy because there is a large variety out there. So I'm sure that you will be able to find something that she'll enjoy quite a bit. So those are just some ideas to get you started. So I wish you much luck in switching her over and also all the happiness in the years to come. So with that, I think we're at the end of our show for tonight, but thank you so much for joining us once again. And we always look forward to getting emails from our listeners. I've had such fun going over the emails and also playing the voicemail from tonight. So we really, really love those. So please continue to send those in any questions, any comments, any stories about your dogs. We of course love sharing the stories with our listeners and sharing pictures of your dogs, which we have on our gallery. So please continue to send those in to us. Or you can call us on our Skype voicemail or on our other voicemail line. And the information for that will be there for you at the end of the show. All right, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. And if you haven't already, please remember to spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206 Or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's
1: the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.